This is episode number 141 of the Middle Country Public Library podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm Sal DiVincenzo, joined as usual by my fabulous colleagues, Jennifer Aniston. Hello. And Brad Pitt. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> no, it's Sarah Fade and Nicole Rambo. Oh, did you see their little reunion that they had? Yes. Right? Yeah. So cute. Oh, it's cute. Yeah. Did you see Shia? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Method acting, I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh... For this episode, we are continuing our uh, 31 Days of October theme that's uh, happening at Middle Country this month, uh, doing something spooky. And we had mentioned this a few episodes back that perhaps we would have the ladies read some spooky stories, or at least, mm-hmm. at least uh, you know, a piece of a sp- spooky story. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, who would like to go first? Uh, I'll go first because <laughs> mine's not a whole story. Okay. Whereas I feel like Nicole can Nicole can probably there's, read, yeah. there are two I wanted to read two super short like literally a piece but there is a complete hers is a yes. complete at the beginning finish. a middle and an end yeah and then, okay yeah. so um, before we start though that we do have a lot of short stories in the, uh, the adult collection mm-hmm. I just pulled one it's called Thriller Stories to Keep You Up All Night edited by James Patterson and it's a bunch of short stories and it has um, authors like Lee Child. Uh, in it, and also Brad Thor, uh, Chris Mooney, um, et cetera, et cetera. So these are nice, compact, short stories if you wanted a little light Halloween reading. Um, okay, but uh, for this episode, though, I'm going to read the first chapter mm-hmm. of the super scary, very famous Stephen King's book, Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. Now, few people that are into scary stories have said this is the scariest Stephen King novel. Really? Okay. So, for fans who like a little bump in the night mm-hmm. with their books, uh, we have plenty of copies. I'm sure we have it available through ebook. Mm-hmm. I would take it out this month just to get you in the right mood for October mm-hmm. 31st. Mm-hmm. All right, so here we go. Chapter one, ready? Ready. Almost everyone thought the man and the boy were father and son. They crossed the country on a rambling southwest line in an old Citroën sedan, keeping mostly to secondary roads, traveling in fits and starts. They stopped in three places along the way before reaching their final destination. First in Rhode Island, where the tall man with the black hair worked in a textile mill. Then in Youngstown, Ohio, where he worked for three months on a tractor assembly line. And finally, in a small California town near the Mexican border, where he pumped gas and worked at repairing small foreign cars with an amount of success that was, to him, surprising and gratifying. Wherever they stopped, he got a main newspaper called the Portland Press Herald and watched it for items concerning a small southern main town named Jerusalem's Lot and the surrounding area. There were such items from time to time. He wrote an outline of a novel in motel rooms before they hit Central Falls, Rhode Island, and mailed it to his agent. He had been a mildly successful novelist a million years before in a time when the darkness had not come over his life. The agent took the outline to his last publisher, who expressed polite interest, but no inclination to part with any advance money. Please and thank you, he told the boy as he tore the agent's letter up. We're still free. He said it without too much bitterness and said about the book anyway. The boy did not speak much. His face retained a perpetual pinched look, 
and his eyes were dark, as if they always scanned some bleak inner horizon. And in the diners and gas stations where they stopped along the way, he was polite and nothing more. He didn't seem to want the tall man out of his sight, and the boy seemed nervous even when the man left him to use the bathroom. He refused to talk about the town of Jerusalem's lot, although the tall man tried to raise the topic from time to time, and he would not look at the Portland newspapers the man sometimes deliberately left around. When the book was written, they were living in a beach cottage off the highway, and they both swam in, th in the Pacific a great deal. It was warmer than the Atlantic and friendlier. It held no memories. The boy began to get very brown. Although they were living well enough to eat three square meals a day and keep a solid roof over their heads, the man had begun to feel depressed and doubtful about the life they were living. He was tutoring the boy, and he did not seem to be losing anything in the way of education. The boy was bright and easy about books, as the tall man had been himself. But he didn't think that blotting Salem's lot out was doing the boy any good. Sometimes at night, he screamed in his sleep and thrashed the blankets onto the floor. A letter came from New York. The tall man's agent said that Random House was offering $12,000 in advance, and a book club sale was almost certain. Was it okay? It was. The man quit his job at the gas station, and he and the boy crossed the border. Wow. All right. Interesting. Hmm. That's interesting. That was only a page and a half. Yeah. Sounded a lot longer, do you, but... Do, do, you think, uh, <laughs> do you think there's... Uh, some sort of autobiographical things going on here with this whole the guys the the writer. Have you read this book? I have not. Mm. I well, you know what? I read a lot of his stuff when I was younger. Mm. So I feel like I did read it, but I just don't remember it because I was like fourteen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, he is a very fast read. He's easy to read. Mm -hmm. um, some of his books are scarier than others. Mm -hmm. So I do feel like it will it'll be an easy, quick read for readers mm. you know what i mean e even reluctant readers or people who don't read that much mm -hmm. stephen king is always a good bet um just because of the easeability into mm -hmm. it you know what i mean if that's a word however i i'm going to read it because mm -hmm. i want to know what's up with jerusalem's lot and yeah. this weird tall man tall boy. man and pinched boy face yeah. <laughs> like you know and um and if you don't want to read it, you can get an audio book, right? Yeah. Have it on uh, Overdrive. The yeah, library, I'm sure the... Narr well, narrates it, yeah. It'll be better than me, but... Um, <laughs> but it's funny, because Stephen King always has Maine in his stories, mm -hmm. usually. Well, he's from Maine, right? Yeah. Is, yeah. But it's, it's, it's always like New England-y, mm -hmm. and a lot of characters cross over from book to book, so I'm, I'm, I'll be surprised to see what happens in this one, but... Interesting. Yeah, so, you know, like I said, we have short stories for people who just want a quick read. Mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of Stephen, we have all Stephen King's books, so. Yeah. For adults, young teens, even. Mm -hmm. We'll yeah. put that in the show notes. Not young teens, young adults. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Sarah. And Nicole is going to do a dramatic reading <laughs> of a story from. Uh, so I was going to do two stories. Yeah. So from the book, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh-huh. Collected from American Folklore by Alvin Schwartz. And the drawings are by Stephen Gamble. Wait, and yeah. before you start, I just want to interject before I forget. No way. On Netflix, I think there is a, it's either Netflix or Hulu, mm. there is a documentary on really? the book. Really? The book. Not the, yeah, like, no, not no. The, yeah. yeah. So I thought of you. Yes, I will watch it. This was my yeah. favorite book growing up. My I had older cousins who would scare me and my mm -hmm. other younger cousin by reading us these stories. And I like loved them. And... I say, like obviously I was gonna say who drew the drawings, the illustrator. Um, but I think they are one of the 
things people recognize. Like the drawings are very, very They're like scary. like petrifying, like super, super scary. And I think they've been around. Even if you haven't read the stories or whatever, like you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember seeing that scary face somewhere or another. So um, yeah, the drawings are definitely classic. I guess. You and could this say. this audience is is teen. This is children's. Uh, children's. This children's. is a children's book. Okay. I mean. It's, <laughs> It's, so, one of, it's one of those ones where, like, you read it as a adult, you're like, this is a children's book? <laughs> but, like, it, it technically is a children's book. It's meant, it's meant for kids. It's like, what have I done? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like, I, like, obviously I went back and reread all of them, and some of them are obviously, you know, don't necessarily stand the test of time when it comes to words and verbiage that we use now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, you know, obviously this was older. And, and even at that time, it's collected by American folklore, right? So these are stories that have been passed down. And, and you'll recognize a lot of them. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, yeah, I remember hearing, like, a version of this. Mm-hmm. Like, the Hearst song is in here. And everyone, I feel like, has heard a version of the Hearst song, you know. Um, so this is just one of those. Uh, but, yeah. And then split up into different um, chapters or different, like, kinds of scary stories. Like, the first uh, chapter has ones where they give, like – direction to the reader it'll be like now jump at your friend and scream or something like that so like to make it like extra scary you know like that kind of thing um so i was gonna and they're super short so i was gonna read uh two the first one is a romance one so obviously (laughs) oh there you go up my alley i find them everywhere (laughs) and this is yes little nicole's it's a romance (laughs) um so this story is called cold as clay A farmer had a daughter for whom he cared more than anything on earth. She fell in love with a farmhand named Jim, but the farmer did not think Jim was good enough for his daughter. To keep them apart, he sent her to live with her uncle on the other side of the county. Soon after she left, Jim got sick, and he wasted away and died. Everyone said he died of a broken heart. The farmer felt so guilty about Jim's death, he could not tell his daughter what had happened. She continued to think about Jim and the life they might have had together. One night, many weeks later, there was a knock on her uncle's door. When the girl opened the door, Jim was standing there. Your father asked me to get you, he said. I came on his best horse. Is there anything wrong? She asked. I don't know, he said. She packed a few things and they left. She rode behind him, clinging to his waist. Soon he complained of a headache. It ached something terrible, he told her. She put her hand on his forehead. Why, you are as cold as clay, she said. I hope you are not ill. And she wrapped her handkerchief around his head. They traveled so swiftly that in a few hours they reached the farm. The girl quickly dismounted and knocked on the door. Her father was startled to see her. Didn't you send for me, she asked. No, I didn't, he said. She turned to Jim, but he was gone, and so was the horse. They went to the stable to look for them. The horse was there. It was covered with sweat and trembling with fear, but there was no sign of Jim. Terrified, her father told her the truth about Jim's death. Then quickly, he went to see Jim's parents. They decided to open his grave. The corpse was in its coffin, but around its head, they found the girl's handkerchief. Okay, so first of all... Yeah. What kind of grave... What, does the grave just like have like a master lock on it? You just unlock it and open it up? It's... (laughs) They, they had time to dig. They were, what were they doing? <laughs> they had time. <laughs> yeah, let's dig it up. Yeah. <laughs> and they agreed. The parents agreed so easily. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exhume our son. Yeah. Well, they found the handkerchief. He came back for her. 
Uh. I loved her. <laughs> yeah. Beyond the grave. Yeah. That was. You, everyone's heard like a version of that story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the handkerchief and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. This next one. She also realized that $5 was missing from her pocket. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> okay, this next one is my favorite one of all time. This is, and don't make fun of this one. <laughs> this is my favorite one. Okay. The ghost with the bloody fingers. Oh, come on. You know this one? <laughs> no, no. Oh, oh okay. okay. You're going to love this one. <laughs> A businessman arrived at a hotel late one night and asked for a room. The clerk told him the hotel was all but filled up. There's only one empty room, he said, but we don't rent that one because it is haunted. I'll take it, said the businessman. I don't believe in ghosts. The man went up to the room. He unpacked his things and he went to bed. As soon as he did, a ghost came out of the closet. Its fingers were bleeding and it was moaning. Bloody fingers. Bloody fingers. When the man saw the ghost, he grabbed his things and ran. The next night, a woman arrived very late. Again, all the rooms were taken except the haunted room. I'll sleep there, she said. I'm not afraid of ghosts. As soon as she got into bed, the ghost came out of the closet. Its fingers still were bleeding. It was still moaning. Bloody fingers. (laughs) Bloody fingers. And the woman took one look and ran. A week later, another guest arrived very late. He also took the haunted room. After he unpacked, he got out his guitar and he began to play. Soon the ghost appeared. As before, its fingers were bleeding and it was moaning. Bloody fingers! Bloody fingers! The man paid no attention. He just kept strumming his guitar. But the ghost kept moaning and its fingers kept bleeding. Finally, the guitar player looked up. Cool it, man, he said. Get yourself a Band-Aid. It's <laughs> 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 my favorite story of all time. <laughs> Get yourself a Band-Aid. <laughs> there you go. Okay, it. Nicole, that was cool. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> awesome. So, uh... We have this here at the library. Yes, we do. And yeah, there's a second one that's called More Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. So uh, if, once you read all those, you can. Go Is to there the next a story one. in here about a girl with like uh, a red ribbon around her neck and her head falls off? That, there's a, a basket head woman. That one, I think, is in the second one. Uh, I remember that story. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That bothered me. Yeah. Yeah, that did. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I like those necklaces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no. There was there was a show mm-hmm. called Amazing Stories when I was a kid. Do you remember Amazing Stories? Yeah, Steven Spielberg. Yes. and they they just recently Apple Apple TV Plus uh, you know did a new version of it. But there was an episode with uh, Christopher Lloyd. His head got cut off, and then he showed up to school to school the next day. He was a teacher, oh, yeah. and he had the, the the scarf around his uh. neck. And all the kids were like, oh, we didn't really, maybe we didn't really see it. And then at the very end, he takes it off. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm wondering if that was based on one of these uh, stories. Maybe. This one, what was another story? They had the woman's head in the basket. There was another one in here. Oh, it was like a a dress, something about a dress or whatever. Like there's some ones that are definitely like classics, like, you know, a version of a classic. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's really, it's, so now, obviously, Mm -hmm. the last story you just read was very funny. Yeah, so there's a section of, like, funny ones. Okay, yeah. all right, so there are funny ones in yeah, there, too. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. great. Yep. Awesome, cool. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you, Nicole. You're welcome. And uh, we hope that you find your own scary story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you want to listen to older episodes or read our show notes, you should. It's at uh, mcplpodcast.com. Or if you have an idea for a future show, or if you have a comment or a suggestion, or if you have a scary story that you want to share with us, yeah. email us, podcast at mcplibrary.org. So for Sarah Fate and Nicole Rambo, I'm Sal DiVincenzo. We'll see you on the next show. <laughs> 